Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hi, welcome to Razor Branding Podcast. Thanks so much for joining today. I am super excited uh, to have with me a fellow Raging Cajun, University of Louisiana alum, Greg Salazar. And let me tell you, he has a story that is so cool about what he's been doing online. It's not even a pandemic pivot as much as it is just an awesome business. And so I can't wait to talk to Greg and I hope y'all enjoy it as much as I do. Greg, welcome to the show. Hi, how you doing? Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate well, it. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So I know that we talked a little bit about this before the show, but if you don't mind, roll us all the way back to uh, you're at UL, University of Louisiana at Lafayette, go Cajuns. And uh, you're getting into YouTube and videos. It was mostly just computer repair stuff. Is that right? Yeah. Um, at the very beginning of the channel, actually, it really had nothing to do with computers per se. It was more just general science topics, things that interested me. I, I never thought it would take off, was getting 10, 12 views a video, you know, it was nothing crazy. And then uh, I built my first computer, like full-fledged, you know, desktop to help with editing because that was the part that was taking a very long time with the, you know, cheap computer that I had, cheap laptop. And I decided to film that process because I figured, wow, this is this is science, you know, this is technology, it, it fits. And, um, yeah, it's just more content to make. So I filmed that, that video did way better than any of the other stuff I'd done before that. And uh, you know, I, was, I, I guess I was just curious at that point. It, it didn't click where I was like, oh, you know what? I can make a living if I just keep doing it. That, that part never occurred to me in the beginning, but uh, I just wanted to see how far the rabbit hole went. And uh, I kept making content about computer stuff and it kind of stuck. And so I can imagine, you know, you're you're building a computer, which is kind of a slow, arduous process, but you filmed it, you edited it, you made it interesting, and you went from 8, 10, 12 people watching to how many on that first video where you realized, oh, wait, there's a lot of people paying attention to this. Yeah, I would say probably when it broke a thousand and it hit, it broke a thousand views pretty fast. I mean, it, right. it wasn't like something that just it, it had been up there for a while. And then all of a sudden the YouTube algorithm decided, hey, this looks really good. We'll, we'll promote this for whatever reason. Um, it was pretty, pretty immediate. And I, I noticed there was there was a quite a large demand there for that kind of consumable content and, and informative content. And so I started kind of curtailing it towards that where, you know, I could teach people what I had just learned and, and what I was continuing to learn while filming those kinds of videos. And uh, yeah, so the first thousand views, I think that was when I, I realized you know, this, this really stands out. It's hard to ignore. Right. And so people are paying attention to it. Now, when I went to your channel prepping for this, I saw a lot of those videos that had way more than just a thousand views. What's your highest at this point? Uh, I would say it's pretty close to 2 million. It might be over, I haven't checked. Um, I think you have recently. a couple over 2 million. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't aware they crossed that point. Um, I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, like 2 million, I mean, there's channels that pull 2 million, two million views a, a video. Um, I, I was never a channel that just like instantly hit, you know, fame status. I, I still don't think I'm anywhere close to that, to be frank. But uh, to be able to, you know, consistently pull 50,000, 100,000 views, um, especially now with, with some of our newer, uh, more popular playlists, I mean, that's it's very humbling. And, and when you really put into perspective how many people that actually is, um, it, it, that's all the motivation I need to, to keep it going. And I think it's cool, though, when you realize you're not out there lip syncing a song or doing a dance. You're providing a service. I mean, people <laughs> understanding how to better uh, build, protect, care for, utilize their computers. That's a good thing. And so I, I think that's kind of awesome. 
it's 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 super cool to to share that kind of enthusiasm with with such a large audience. I I you know I talked to to my friends, uh, even family members about the things that I do, and and to most of them it's just not very interesting. But then you know to to post just a random computer video online, and maybe I'll I'll point some things out. Maybe it's a, a fully informative video, or maybe it's just for fun. Maybe it's satirical. But then to share that enthusiasm with so many other people in the comment sections and the like, it, it's, it's, it's very rewarding in that sense. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I've, I've kept it going for so long. So I have this visual now of you walking into a cocktail party and start talking about computers and people flock to the other side of the room. Um, <laughs> yes. but, but on YouTube, everybody flocks to you. I mean, what a dichotomy there. Yeah, I have to be very, uh, not necessarily careful about where I talk about tech. I mean, I do it to my wife all the time. I'll tell her, hey, babe, you won't, you won't, you'll be blown away by this or this, what I just did here. Check this out. And she just, does not care at all. I mean, she's she's a gamer, but she doesn't really care about the the technology side of it. And look, to each his or her own. I, I get it. But uh, sometimes I feel the need to want to share things face to face instead of just over the screen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, she she does really well. Her her patience is astronomical. <laughs> <laughs> so she does, in fact, not think it is a cool thing when you tell her, "Hey, check out this cool thing." She's like, nope. Maybe in the beginning, maybe in the beginning, I, mean, I, I might have maybe kind of sort of used that to kind of woo her in the beginning. But uh, no, she got very, very tired of all that nerd talk, so to speak, very quickly. <laughs> now, Greg, I've not met your wife, so I can't really speak for her. But speaking for all the women that I do know, that is not woo language. Nerd, nerd talk is not how <laughs> Wait, we you are tell wooed. me this now? I know. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> my daughter, man, you cooked her. So you're in. You don't even have to worry about it. All right, true, true. <laughs> But typically, we are not wooed. Um, so just letting you know. Well, uh, I, I will have to let my, my son know that. Unfortunate, as unfortunate as it sounds, you cannot use your computer knowledge to woo a, a woman. That That no. is... No. Uh, now, if you, if you can, now, if you can, there might be a few women out there who are really into that kind of thing, and there certainly are. Sure. You find that one who is, she might That's be a keeper. special lady indeed. Oh, Lock yes. Down. <laughs> right. Um, so you've got a channel, you're, you're creating videos on a semi-regular basis. At what point did you realize, oh, wait, YouTube is going to actually give me money for all this traffic? Um, yeah, so they the, the monetization program back then was a little less strict. I think now because the, the platform is so saturated, I mean, anybody can make videos about anything and, and probably pull okay viewership. Um, but it's about consistent viewership, right? And, and creating a space that's, that's habitable for the ads that YouTube injects, because that's how YouTube makes money. Um, I enabled monetization after I had around um, 500, maybe 1000 subs off the top of my head. And in the very beginning, I mean, it's like, you know, pennies, it's, it's nothing. Um, and it was like that for quite a while. And then you get that one video that just clicks and, and you know, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 views. You can make decent money from that. Um, I think the first like decent paycheck, relatively speaking, that I got from Google was a few hundred dollars. And at that point, I think I realized, I'm like, okay, if I can continue this and scale this in a, a, a quick enough fashion that, that still feels organic, right. um, then I could actually rely on this as stable income and whether it just remains, you know, passive, so to speak, in the sense that it's not like my full-time job or, or, or maybe I do take it on as my full-time job. At that point, I still hadn't truly decided, but I knew that it would, that it could still become a viable and reliable source of income. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that was probably a year into it. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the analytics, but uh, I was, I think, just going into my senior year of college um, when I was kind of on the fence about whether or not I could do this full time and kind of forego my potential career with my, the, the degree I was pursuing. Right. And so is it your full-time job or do you still just do it on the side? Um, yeah, it's so it is one of, it used to be my primary source of income. So right when I graduated, I, I didn't even send out, you know, I didn't pursue job offers. I didn't send my resume out to, to anyone in, in the, uh, in the industry. I thought I, you were going to say you didn't send grad announcements cause you were making oh. so much. You didn't need cash <laughs> from your friends and family. Uh, it would have been nice. Now at that point I was, I mean, it was, Let's just say, uh, you know, what a typical engineer would expect to make coming out of college, you know, startup uh, in, in whatever field they're pursuing. I mean, it was it was kind of in line with that by that point on, on YouTube and, and some of the external brand deals we had made. Um, that's got a so, comma. Anytime oh, yeah. you get a check with a comma, that's good. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I was, you know, at that point, like, whatever. If it doesn't do well, at least I have uh, an engineering degree. I mean, something that I think you could pretty much take anywhere. Um, you know, I have that to, to fall back on, so to speak, although I, I don't, I, I never would have looked at an engineering, an engineering degree like that before. Um, it just, it just kind of the timing worked out, but, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the income was enough at that point to, to where I, I knew I didn't want to do what I thought I was going to do after college. So and it was enough to woo your wife. So yeah, you know, yeah. you're good. <laughs> yep. It was. And I tell you what, man, the, the way that I met her was just, crazy um in in taiwan i was there for a conference and she worked with one of the companies that brought us there and uh, this was literally weeks after i graduated when i had decided i was going to do it full-time if i hadn't decided i was going to do that full-time i probably wouldn't have had time to make the trip to taiwan uh, and i would have never met her um so it, it's it's crazy how things just align the way they did they really do work out like they're supposed to huh it's it's nuts i mean looking back like the odds of that are just insane right <laughs> It's not um, like I was looking for a wife in Taiwan either. I just got out of college. I, I was a, a free man, so to speak. And <laughs> here I am, meet my future wife in literally a week or two after your experience in some freedom, freedom. No more. So, <laughs> no more freedom. No more. Oh, boy. So when you think about all of the videos that you've created, have you started to figure out uh, um, some sort of system or commonalities where you know these types of videos are going to perform better than those? Or does it still feel kind of random and haphazard? I would like to say I have it all figured out. I don't I don't think I mean, I'm sure there are a few that do. I think in our space, it's difficult. I mean, the tech market is very ebb and flow right now. There's a a, a huge graphics card supply shortage, uh, demand spike, just on kind of everything going on right now. And that's that's discouraged a lot of builders. Um, and so anytime anyone releases a, a graphics card review or a, a PC build video that has a, an expensive graphics card in it that's very difficult to obtain for a reasonable price, I mean, that, that discourages a lot of people. It, it frankly upsets a lot of people. Um, and and I, I caught onto that very quickly and, and I tried to kind of curtail my content toward things that didn't necessarily have to do with expensive unobtainium, so to speak. And uh, so there, there are certain playlists that I think are pretty consistent. Um, I know that if I upload a, a PC cleaning video, it's probably going to do around 100,000 views, maybe more than that, depending on the kind of you know uh, specifics of that video. Um, we just started a, a fix or flop playlist where, where we fix 
viewer system or at least try to, um, which is another way to kind of sustain older builds because people can't really upgrade it right now because either the parts aren't available or again, they're, they're way too expensive. Um, so that's kind of how I shifted my content recently. But before that, it could have been anything. Sometimes the simplest videos to make do the best. And it, it drives me crazy because I, if I had known that to begin with, I maybe would have put a little more effort into the production quality of that video, you know, because now so many more eyes are going to see that one. And the one that's, you know, took 10 days to produce is barely pulling 10, 15,000 views. And look, I'm grateful for those 10 or 15,000, but at the end of the day, I can't sustain a channel on 10,000 views. I mean, right. not, not at the scale that I'm at. Um, and with the other things that I'm trying to do on the side, it just wouldn't work. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, what we talked about a bit off camera. It's you know, when, when you're feeling this strain of, of whatever you're doing, if something's not working, you, you have to adapt. If you don't adapt, you'll be buried. You'll fall behind very quickly. Everything moves so quickly in this industry. Right, right. When you think about all of the shifts and changes that you've seen go for the past few years, did you notice any substantial that came out of the pandemic? I mean, were more people watching because they were at home, uh, not really working? Did you find that you lost attention, gained attention? How was last year for you? It was uh, interesting. At first, definitely noticed. Um, at first, there was, um, I don't want to say a viewership drop per se. If anything, it probably went up just a bit. But the the real difference was in the advertising rates. I noticed a, a reduction in that on, on YouTube side um, in, in the beginning. And with I'd have to go back and look at, at my numbers specifically. But um, there was probably a small pullback from external advertisers. Also, just brands that come to me and want to plant you know, their own organic ads into our videos. Um, there was probably some pullback there too. Um, but it, it rebounded, I would say, midway through the year, maybe toward the end of 2020. Um, the YouTube ad rates started picking back up again. And the the brands now, brand deals, external brand deals especially, I mean, you can tell these companies have a lot of money in their pockets. They're, they're spending. They want that, you know, that, that they're trying to fulfill that advertising budget. And um, so that, that's been good for us. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely noticeable in the beginning, probably not to the extent that, you know, other businesses and other sectors experienced, you know, the, the hard hits. And I know there were plenty of businesses that, that suffered immensely, in the, in, especially in the beginning. Um, but we were fortunate enough to be in an industry that really wasn't as, you know, anywhere near as affected, I would say, as, as many of them. Do you have a lot of outside companies that um, try to do uh, sponsorship deals with you or external deals with you? Yes. Um, so I, I made it a, a personal goal of mine uh, a couple of years ago. I, 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 by the beginning of 2020, I wanted to have a, an external ad um, in every video. And that was something that I was a bit hesitant about at first. Many other channels bigger than me were already doing this, um, but it was going to be a little more difficult for a channel my size at the time, maybe 300,000 subs, 400,000 subs, um, to not only consistently place those external ads and videos, which by the way, those, those ads per year, I make more from those ads than I do from YouTube income per year. From right. from AdSense, um, so so it, it's it was very crucial that I that I did that when I did it um, because that was a game changer from an income perspective, and that happened kind of right before because uh, you set up these deals, you know, Q4, Q3 of the previous year, uh, but all of that was set up right before uh, the the pandemic kind of sprung about. So um, pretty you know pretty crazy timing on my part. I had no idea this was going to happen, but uh, yeah, it's been. I mean, a lot of companies, I would say that we've worked with in total several, several dozen. Um, That's awesome. I'm, I'm very, yeah, very 
uh, fortunate to have been able to work with them. Do YouTube sensations get an agent? Do the companies just approach you directly? How does that work where the contact is made? Yeah, it depends. Um, so some companies choose to do it in-house uh, and you can tell, you know, they have the, if it's whatever it could be, let's just use Apple, for example, if Apple reached out, which they never would, I don't know if Apple found it, but if they did um, and you knew it was in-house by, you know, the fact that they have like a Jeff at apple.com or whatever email handle, right? It's pretty obvious there. Um, and then it's also very obvious when a third party kind of marketing agency uh, uh, reaches out instead, they always have all of their own, you know, personal company information at the base of the email. And then their, uh, their, email address is, has a very different domain than the company they're representing. Um, I, it's always much easier in my in my experience to work directly with the company. Obviously, there's no middleman, so there's the, right. the transfer of information is much faster. Uh, and they can convey what they want much easier because they're talking to the person that, that, that's going to be creating whatever content they want. Um, but, you know, it, it's just it's just how the industry is. I get it. Um, and to be frank, sometimes it's easier to work with, uh, at least from a mon monetary perspective, with the, the middlemen agencies because they can sometimes pull a bit more uh, budget toward you uh, for whatever project the, the sponsor company has in mind. Um, so right. yeah, kind of a give and take there, but uh, I'm ultimately content with either one. One of uh, my daughters who's now actually a student at UL, uh, when she was much younger, I'm gonna say maybe fourth or fifth grade, started a YouTube channel with one of her best friends and they wanted to make sure that their fans could get in touch with them. So they wrote down their home addresses on a piece of paper and headed up to the camera and said, oh you can send us fan mail here. Is oh that boy. the approach that you take in dealing with your fans or do you have a more sophisticated uh, approach to it? Oh boy, yeah, that, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, that was pretty good. No, it was awesome. We had to shut it down immediately as oh, our yeah. address was on YouTube. Um, luckily the two fans were the two mothers involved and we immediately shut it down. Oh, that's but, good. Yeah, yeah no, because so, if it was anyone else other than that, I mean, you know how things last yes, on the internet. Yes, that's I do know how crazy. things go. So, yeah. Yeah. so And it has, yeah. no, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? So your approach is more sophisticated? Is oh, that yes. what you're telling me? Okay. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, you, I, I had, um, you know, I wanted to use social media, obviously, my, my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook uh, handles, I, I wanted those to be reliable, consistent ways for viewers to contact us about anything. Um, whenever they wanted to, like we used to review crazy computer ads, ads that had you know, a bunch of misleading stuff in them, or, or maybe just like they were super overpriced. People love using Facebook and Twitter to send us those crazy links. So uh, very quick, again, transfer of information is very efficient. Um, so uh, definitely took advantage of social media there. Um, I don't have like a, a lot of people will use like a PO box or something like with UPS right. or just the post office and uh, they'll get fan mail sent there. Um, I don't, I've never really, done that sort of thing. Um, if I had anybody send anything on. I can you know. give you that piece of paper with our home address on it if you need a destination <laughs> your mail. So you mentioned reviewing ads. Um, I noticed in one of your videos, you had a little bit of a legal situation uh, yes, with so. a, a computer seller. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. So he posted a link, uh, very derogatory. I mean, you can see it's still on our channel now. Uh, but uh, it wasn't professionally handled. It wasn't um, typed up professionally. And there was an address at the top of the ad Well, the address linked to a business. And when that, when that video of us kind of reviewing the ad, talking about how ridiculous it was that all these things were being worded this way, this is what not to do. Um, when that video went up, we were threatened with cease and desist letters, this and that from the author of the ad. Um, well, 
that author of the ad was the owner of the company whose address was included in that listing. And I mean, besides the fact that it, it could have been any address, the fact that it was voluntary included in a public listing, I mean, that's, that's one thing. Uh, but then to threaten us in every which way, uh, th I threatened to have a court ordered injunction to take down my YouTube channel and a bunch of just kind of off the wall stuff that I knew you know, there, there was no, there were never going to be any grounds for. Um, when all that stuff was thrown our way, I, I kind of just became adamant about leaving it up. Um, and I, that's still what I tell people to this day. I mean, look, if he was a cool guy, came to me, said, look, dude, I was having a bad day. You know, for one, I shouldn't have put my my address there, especially with, with the, the kinds of things that I wrote uh, in that listing. But uh, yeah, it was just, I was just off. I apologize. You know, if you could take the video down, I'd appreciate it. I'm getting a lot of hate and I, I really don't want to tarnish my business because of this one bad day I had. That, that's one thing. But sure. to, to immediately, you know, resort to threatening with legal action. And that, that's, that, that's something totally, especially when you really have no, no basis, no grounds for it. Anyway, the judge ended up completely throwing it out. We, we, we filed a motion to, to dismiss. He ended up suing me personally and the business both for the, I think it was six grand uh, in total, which is the highest you can sue somebody for in small claims court. Uh, well, in the state of Indiana, you have to have uh, legal representation for a business that's sued for over X amount of dollars. So I ended up having to hire attorneys to show up to uh, to the the court um, court date for the the motion, the hearing about the motion to dismiss, um, which was that was a, a pretty penny. Um, but yeah, it was thrown out. You know, I, we have the the judges, uh, whatever he releases when he, right. you know, is his order or ruling. His judgment. Exactly, his judgment, yeah. And uh, so that's pretty cool. I thought about framing it, you know, just hanging it up on the wall. It's uh, my first, my first and hopefully my only legal experience in that, in that sense. But um, yeah, I, to this day, I've heard that he's still very, very bitter and still trying to figure out how to how to get to be back. clear he put his own address on his ad all you did was talk about it so it yep. wasn't like you outed the guy's address he had already listed it exactly it was already there and i don't even i don't even know if i actually even drew attention to the fact that an address was up there i don't even think i called attention to it that wasn't my goal my goal right. you know if i wanted people to go and harass him online call him names whatever leave him fake reviews i would have said that i would have just said it you know but um yeah, it was, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's still crazy thinking about how far that thing went, how, how far it had to go. I mean, there were threats against my life uh, made by that owner. I mean, it, it got so, so bad. I mean, I, I ended up calling the police um, here saying, hey, I, this guy, I mean, I don't know if you'd call him a flight risk or what, but when he's saying the things he's saying, I feel like he's going to show up at my door one day and actually do what he said he's going to do in this, in this message. Um, so that, that was pretty scary. Um, hopefully never have to deal with something like that again, but, um, does it worry you being that much out in the public that is going to attract other crazies like this? Yeah. Yeah. That was probably the first wake up call. I mean, I always thought I was too small to really kind of be in the spotlight for that kind of negativity. Um, obviously there are things I could probably do to bring on that negativity. I, I hope I, I never do. I didn't think that this kind of listing would, would obviously do that, but, um, I, you know, you just, <laughs> You just never know online. It's it's always better to play it safe, um, and uh, you know, especially when you have a family, when you have a wife, uh, and you have kids. It's there's just there's no room for error. It's you've got to protect them right. above, above all.
Absolutely. I mean, and, and no uh, YouTube check is worth that kind of oh, yeah. drama. No. I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's how that's what I mean. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't happen again. Um, yeah. If I, if I pick up on anything like that, I, it's just, uh, I, I don't want to feel that way again. It was just right. the anxiety that came about from not just my own anxiety, but the anxiety I'm sure my wife felt um, from, from, from all of it. It's just not, not worth it. I mean, you're just a dude building computers on camera. That should not <laughs> merit this kind of attention. Oh, it was very fun trying to explain it, not only to my lawyers, but also to the judge, uh, to the magistrate uh, in, in that particular case, trying to explain to them what I do um, and, and what specific action brought about this kind of frivolous lawsuit. You know, like I was just looking at an ad created by an individual in your state and said it's a horrible listing and uh yeah basically this person's being a prick this isn't how you're supposed to do it and uh yeah and now i'm being sued for it so that's that's you know there's no there's no (laughs) there's there's no ground you can stand on i don't know why i'm here but i'm here so here's what's happening i guess thank goodness for the first amendment (laughs) oh yes oh yes so i i I was like, and I know my, you know, my lawyers obviously know way more than I do about the law, but I'm telling them like, this is totally protected free speech. I said nothing wrong. There's nothing I said that was, you know, whatever. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah dude, we, we, we got it. We, Take we don't it even to the Supreme it. Court. <laughs> right. I was like, you know, I know they're thinking like, we don't even need to go that far. Like he can't even, I mean, there's no grounds at all for a lawsuit of any kind, right. but we don't even need to go as far as first amendment rights because it's already frivolous to begin with. So, right. you know. So let's take it back a few years. What drew you to the University of Louisiana? Like, how did you end up at UL and in Lafayette? Uh, So I am, I'd like to, I don't know, I'm, I'm frugal. Uh, My dad's frugal. And we're trying to find, we're trying to maximize value, uh, basically. The University of Louisiana is is very affordable. Um, And it's not the kind of affordable that they kind of passes off as that like cheap kind of vibe, which is, that's not what I wanted. Um, right. I wanted, you know, good bang for the buck, but, but also I, w- I wanted to have like I, the, the, the typical college experience. Um, I had that at my previous university. I was at Troy university for a year. Oh, so and, you're a Sunbelt um, man. Yes. Yeah. I know one Sunbelt to another, uh, which is kind of a coincidence, but I mean, look, the Sunbelt schools, I mean, the, in general, they're all, they all have either very good scholarship programs uh, or tuition, you know, room and board, things like that are, are relatively afford. College is expensive across the board, but, but um, Sunbelt schools were, were much more attainable than say, you know, paying full out of pocket for, Auburn University or, or FSU or wherever. Plenty so of schools were, were closer at to me. Troy, and you thought, oh, wait, I want to go to a school whose football team and baseball team wins more often. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm <laughs> well, hearing you say. To be fair, when I first got there, if I recall, our football team uh, wasn't fact, all fact. that great. Of course, fact. like the year that I left, or like I think it was 2018, it might have been 2019. Just insane. Like, what? Well, they were undefeated, I think. I think they might have well, lost one game. 10 and game. 1. 10 and 10 1. And one. Yeah. I mean, that's for all intents. Like, that's that's insane. I really wish I had been there. Points. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. So, I, that that would have been awesome. I went to a few games when I was there. And, you know, the games that are closer than the, the ULM games and the, right. the, you know, the smaller schools. But the big schools, I mean, it's those are usually just stat pumpers, which, let's be frank. Paydays. But Did we get yeah. paid to lose? <laughs> right. But then you, you know, this one year, I can't remember again, which year it was, but they going 10 and one. I mean, I'm sure that just had to just completely shock 
Everyone, it was awesome. On both sides. That it was, was just, awesome. It must have been so cool. I really yeah. wish I had I had been uh We are very grateful for Coach Billy Napier and all of the, the what he brings to our university. <laughs> that was for so sure. cool to hear. I, yeah. I, I love watching their games. I, I was never really big on, you know, anytime you all was showed, you know, was shown on TV, I was like, okay, it's cool. That's my school, you know, they're playing home, that's cool. It's you know, hey, I stood there. But uh to actually see them, I mean, take it to teams two or three times their size with enormous budgets. Right. That was that was satisfying. Yeah, we enjoyed it every day. <laughs> Speaking of, so September 4th, if you plan a road trip to Austin, you should be able to watch the University of Louisiana beat the University of Texas Ooh. in Austin. Oh. Horn down. <laughs> All right. I Look. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can stand on our sidelines. Matthew McConaughey will be on their sidelines. It's the battle <laughs> of right. the YouTube That's sensations. That's where he lives, right? He lives yes. in that Austin, Texas area. Any, yes. Anytime there's a big sporting event, I always see him there. Yes. Uh, dude well, he's is a, a professor ball. at UT. No he's way. Actually, yes. I did not know that. I, For I real, never he teaches that. a film class. Wow. Yeah, I took our youngest on a tour wow. there last year. And in the bookstore, they had a McConaughey tree. And it was a Christmas tree with pictures of Matthew McConaughey from all of his different film roles. It was awesome. <laughs> Oh, maybe oh, the UL man. bookstore can make a tree for Greg Salazar. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm going to start a petition. I'll see if I can make it happen. No, you know what I found out? I found out that there was a, a student that went um, a bit off topic here. I'll be quick. It was, sure. he, he threw a football to himself. Basically, he threw it like 40 yards or something, you know, really high, really far. And then he ran and he caught the ball, like, at the you know, the same throw. Um, so you have to be quick. You have to have a really good arm, obviously. And I, I found out that he ended up going to, to UL for a few, I think it was a couple of, either a couple semesters or a couple years. Love that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool to see, you know, other, other people who, I don't want to say online sensation, I'm not trying to sure. my more, but, but, but people who, you know, can pull a, a fairly large following, um, go to the same school I went to. It's just awesome. Yeah. Oh, and that's how I feel about knowing you went to my school. I love that. <laughs> I was a few I was, years um, ahead of you, but yes. I, I, I was such a boring, I mean, looking back, I was such a boring college kid. I mean, I, I, I was in the books because I, I mean, I had to be, my, my parents are very strict with grades and um, I, I, I'm glad they were because I, I probably wouldn't have been if I didn't have that push from them. But uh, at the same time, you know, while I was doing the school stuff, I was also doing YouTube and that was pretty much it. I didn't go out. I wasn't the partying type. I, I didn't have many friends. I was probably half my fault. And well, I guess the other half would be my fault too, but it just, it was never a big, the social game in college is always, you know, hyped up, but it was never really a priority for me. I was more focused on, all right, this is time to set up for whatever's next and whatever, whatever's next has to be big because I got big plans. And uh, I just kept telling myself that that was what kept me focused while I was there. Did you live on campus or in town? I did. I lived on campus. I lived in the um, uh, Legacy uh, Ooh, apartments. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Right there. Nice. Right there by it was at Gerard Park. Gerard Park. Um, That's right. Yes. I love. I love living. I mean, I I was in an apartment that was right across the street from the park, so I could, oh. and it was right there at the entrance too. So I could just literally walk down the stairs. We were on the third floor because I I hate hearing people stepping around above me, and uh, so we had to wait a year to get into the top floor. But when we got there, you know, you walk down two flights of stairs. And across uh, the street, and boom, you're right there in the park. There's a little jungle gym, nice little you know calisthenic workout area right there. So I tried to stay somewhat in shape, and um, that's such a such a great place to. Well, you have the little pond right there with the ducks, yes. and the little gazebo. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I filmed a few videos there. Yeah, a Excellent. few uh, camera test videos and you know iPhone videos, things like that. That was right. That was really fun. 
That is excellent. Well, I, I love our school and I'm glad that you represent it so well. That is awesome. Thank you. No, I, I'm glad I went there. I love that. The atmosphere is like the best part for me. I mean, it's such a, just a very homely kind of inviting warm atmosphere. I love the the climate. I love everything about it. It's, the climate? I do. Greg, I love, it is currently hot and humid. I love, I, okay, maybe not that part, but I love the rain. I love that it rains all the time. I, sure. I just, that that's such, you know, when you live kind of in the swamp or near the swamp, it, it's, that's a byproduct of it usually. And, um, I, I just, I just love those days. You know, I remember times it was, we were stuck between classes and we have like five minutes to get across the entire campus by foot. And it's just pouring. Like it looks like just buckets of water being dumped from the sky. And, uh, I'd look at my brother cause you know, he, he was in the same program. I was pretty much the same time and we'd have to get to point B and I look at him I'm like, all right, we're going, we're going to dead sprint this straight. Cause we, you don't have time to keep under the pavilion of the little pathways with the coverings. It's just, there's no time, you know, you're either late and you look like a fool or you show up on time, but you're, you're drenched in water. And we, we chose the latter for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, those were, those were fun. Good, good times. Well, and when it rains, it rains hard. And yes. Yes. It's a relentless. <laughs> It's, it's not a stuff. sprinkle. It literally is like buckets. I don't think it ever sprinkled there. It's, yeah. just, it's either pouring or it's not. Which, it's on or off. Well, and there's all those fun memes about UL, um, you know, the level of rain. Um, so there's the wear boots level. Um, there's the you're going to get drenched, but you still have to go to class level. Yep. There's the get a kayak uh, or a P-Rogue um, because we're not canceling. And then there's, you know, category five. We still expect you to attend. Yeah, that's we still like borderline. Yeah, we're not sure if we're canceling class or not. I, I learned that very quickly. I was like, oh, dang. I was like, there's no way like we can go to class right now. Yeah. You know what? Nope. No email. Nothing. We're expected to show up. I, I, The thing is, too, like you'd think an umbrella would work. I mean, you think that would get you where you need to go unscathed. But uh, when the rain's blowing sideways at 40 miles an hour, or if it's coming down as hard as it can, your umbrella is collapsing in on itself due to the weight of the water above you. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's <laughs> white work. shrimp boots and waders and a jacket and a hood. And you're still <laughs> going to be soaking wet. No, you see, I did the opposite. I, I would just wear like like swim trunks and a tank top. <laughs> I, I just accepted the inevitable, right? So I showed up. I looked like it just came from the beach. But you know what? Yeah, you <laughs> let them think what they want. At least I'm in class on time and I can start taking notes right away. You engineers are smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> We're just my, efficient. That's all. We're just trying to think as efficiently as possible, as minimal effort as possible. <laughs> my uh, my second kid, the oldest girl, she's actually in the engineering program at UL in chemical huh. engineering. She's a oh, chemie, yeah. as I think y'all call them. I, um, I admire the chemies. They are a different breed there. That's golly. Chem I love chemistry. I wish I was better at it than I was, but um, that was so fun. I loved it. I, I am impressed at how hard she works. It is yeah. very tough. Um, mm -hmm. My communications, uh, marketing and business classes were not nearly as hard as what she's doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a thing too. I mean, Troy was, when, when I was at Troy, I was just a business major. They, they didn't have engineering schools there. And um, I think I was doing economics. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, if I had to compare them, I would think, I, I would say, yeah, engineering was, was definitely, they required more effort. Um, but I, I think I, looking back on it, probably enjoyed business classes more. Yeah. Um, it was just so much, I mean, it's difficult sometimes to visualize concepts in engineering, any kind of math, physics, you know, if you can draw a picture explaining something, I'll get it nine times out of 10. But if you're just telling me that a theorem is the way it is and we just have to kind of gel with it, uh, that's a lot. And that's, I took electronics uh, or electrical circuits and oh my gosh, that was, that was very, we got an AC current and, and I'm, I'm just like, 
yeah, um, <laughs> this is probably my limit here. So I was, I was kind of glad in retrospect, I didn't become an electrical, my dad's an electrical engineer. Um, so I was like, you know, thinking, oh, I've got, you know, I've got his Dean, I've got his brain, I, I can, I'll figure it out just like he did. <laughs> no way. Nah, I just get electrocuted <laughs> on the first day so I can get out of class. <laughs> that would be my plan. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, I, I admire all of them. I, I, in, in hindsight, I wish I had done mechanical because I, I was a petroleum major. So that, that kind of like, it, it has a lot of overlap with mechanical and, and some structural, um, or not structural, but, but civil engineering. But uh, obviously it's very, it's, it, it's very narrow in that sense. Um, obviously it only applies to one particular field. And I, I kind of wish I'd gone back and just done mechanical because then I, I could have, I could have really taken that anywhere. And I, I wouldn't have been so sensitive uh, to, to market conditions. I mean, it was, we didn't talk about this, but when I, when I graduated at the time, oil prices were, I mean, super low, which is great for everybody except for us, right? Except for right. producers, drillers, uh, refineries. So um, they weren't really hiring much. I mean, I graduated, I must've been, I was, I was magna cum laude. So I was 3.8, I think, or something like that. I was probably 14th or 15th in the class. I was pretty, pretty high up there, but I didn't have any job offers. Um, wow. It was, and I, I would been, I had been sending my resume out prior to graduation, but once I graduated, I, I just decided, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to bother pursuing any of this anyway. I mean, at this point, the market conditions are so not ripe for, for drillers and, and surveyors and the like, I, you know, so it, it really was also good timing there that the channel was kind of self-sustaining and that it was providing me enough income to, to forego that field because the field wasn't, I mean, literally wasn't ready for a lot of us. Um, very difficult to get in at that time. Well, if you think about it, you know, when, when the market's right for petroleum, it's about a hundred dollars a barrel. Yeah. Uh, so the years you're talking about, it was probably in that 65, 70 range, which yeah. is tight, right? Yes. Yeah. It's it about 35. Yeah. It's like 35, yeah. 40 last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it kept going down. I mean, yes. like, they kept telling us in the department and I, I love all, all my professors are all great guys, but they, I, I think they were probably a little too optimistic looking back uh, <laughs> about this, those prices, you know, they're like, Oh, don't worry. Six months time, it'll be back up to 80 bucks a barrel. 70, 80 bucks is about when it starts getting right. But uh, if it's below that, you know, 50, 60 bucks. And we have, I think, I, I have to go back and, and look at when I saw this article, but I believe we have a lot more in reserve now uh, than we ever have before because we're, we, at one point, we're, we're totally self sustaining. Right. And um, I'm not sure if that's still the case, but it no, not was, this year. yeah, it, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, it, it's not good for us in that sense, you know, for, for the, the one field that I kind of put all my eggs into, uh, the timing was just off. When I first got in, it was great. You know, everyone was coming out making six figures, 20K, 30K signing bonuses. Job placement was 99%, virtually 100%, unless you goofed off major in school and, you know, didn't weren't appealing. But uh, yeah, that, that very quickly changed while I was a student there. Right, right. All of a sudden, you're like, wait, petroleum would come back. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, wow. I don't know if that had anything to do with just, you know, wanting to do extra things in the summer, start the channel again. I never really thought it would turn into anything major, but um, I just, I wanted to find something else um, right. to, to kind of use as a fallback just in case. Um, I was working at a, I remember I was working at Winn-Dixie. I was a, a meat market, seafood market associate. And uh, that was kind of like my summer job in between semesters. I'd come back home and, and do that. The guys there were great. They always took me on. Pay was awful, but uh, you know, I'll take what I can get. Right. And uh, I, I remember contemplating at some point before I started the channel, I'm like, man, I was like, if I don't get out of here with a job, I could just 
end up working here. You know, maybe I work my way up to a manager or something like with an engineering degree. I mean, that's that's not where I really saw myself. Not that there's anything against working in a grocery store. It's just that wasn't my plan. That wasn't where, you know, where I saw myself in 10 years. And um, yeah, I mean, YouTube just kind of just kind of came up out of nowhere. It's, it's thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it's and I'm I, frankly, I'm kind of surprised that it's still doing as well as it is. I, I thought this would be a temporary thing. Um, I, I've kind of tried to diversify my income uh, more so beyond just the YouTube scene uh, lately because I am in the back of my head thinking about that day when YouTube decides, you know what, we're, um, we're, we're purging all channels. We're shutting down. We're closing right. the doors. We don't want right. to keep us up. Or we're selling this platform to some other company that's going to totally screw it up because that's never happened before, right? So I, I, I just... I still have all my eggs in a few baskets and a lot of them kind of overlap with YouTube. So it's, it's trying to diversify outside of that. You know, I was, I was getting into real estate right before house prices went to the moon. Um, and uh, yeah, so now that's kind of, kind of stalled and I'm just trying to think of what else, I can, <laughs> what else I can do right now. <laughs> I'm never happy with where I am. I always want to be moving to something else, getting, you know, right. branching out. Um, I think that's one of my strengths and my weaknesses. Yeah, I've never. You could teach other people to be an internet sensation. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, I, if I thought it was a repeatable thing, I would do it. <laughs> I, I just, uh, especially now with how many people are trying to do the same things we right. are, I got in it just. I mean, it was probably the last period when when it was ripe for growth because maybe a year after I got into, it, after I think a year, I had maybe, I don't know it must have been somewhere around a hundred thousand subs if i went back it grew pretty quick in the beginning but um if, if i had waited another year i don't think i'd be half my size now and i yep. and i mean that wholeheartedly it's it's that difficult now to stand out that's amazing that's amazing so describe a typical day in your life are you making videos every day do you produce once a week how does that work uh i am um generally very boring i mean if you put a camera on me for the day you would see that i am not an exciting person at all. I try to convey a lot of enthusiasm and energy on camera, but uh, my day is, is much like any other in the sense that, you know, I spend the morning with my kid where I can, eat cereal, whatever I have for breakfast. I'll come up and start working a little bit. I'll just film some things, write some scripts. It, it kind of depends on the day. Um, I'll have some days where it's just editing because um, I, I still do pretty much everything by myself. Um, and that, that's, I take pride in that, but I also kind of hate it because it's like just it's a ton of work but um the the one the one good thing you know tangible thing i can get out of it is is that i don't have to necessarily share that income with anyone i don't i don't have employees i'd like to have employees at some point i think to be big enough to where i can but um i know that whenever i make a deal with said company ultimately that money goes to me it doesn't have to be split up i don't have any other controlling interests you know anything like that um so that that's kind of I guess what what motivates me underneath, but uh, yeah, it's it's filming with the camera, going outside, cleaning systems, you know, uh, troubleshooting, all very very boring stuff. But uh, I try to make it look as exciting as I can on on on, on video. It's <laughs> sometimes it's very difficult to do. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to the younger you, knowing what you know now about the YouTube channel and how it's all grown? What, how would you have directed yourself differently? Hmm. I, I wish I had, I wish I had started to diversify quicker earlier on <clears throat> and not waited to where I felt more comfortable financially to start doing it. I wish I had made those hard decisions earlier on about 
not necessarily foregoing income, but but moving income elsewhere, not just putting it in a bank account and letting it sit there. I wish I had done more with it, invested with it elsewhere. Um, as for YouTube specifically, I wish I had branched out and tried new things earlier. Um, it's it's easy to get into a cycle where it's like, you know, I expect X amount of views for this video. Okay, yeah, it did okay, but there's nothing really crazy about it. And just to keep doing that, you know, you want to have that video every now and then it's just far exceed your expectations performance wise. And you only really get that when you change things up. Nobody likes seeing the same thing over and over. And I'm kind of falling into that same routine now, <clears throat> excuse me, where it's like, I'm cleaning these viewer systems. Now I've got cool music in the background, doing time lapses, seeing the before and after it's a, you know, satisfying process, but it's the same thing over and over. Sure, the builds are different, the dust and the dirt and the grime and the bugs are all different in every build, but at the end of the day, it's still the same thing. So I'm at this moment struggling to, to try to figure out a way to change that up a bit to make it more exciting for the viewer. Um, but that, that's that's a constant process. It never stops with, with content creators. It can't. Um, very few can get away with doing the exact same thing over and over and getting the same results. I mean, it, it Conditions are always changing. Viewer expectations are always changing. What What's ripe in the market? What's not? The keywords that are hot right now. Um, there's a lot to keep up with. And that's why it's so important to try those things earlier. Because if you don't, someone else will. There's plenty of other folks out there who are going to be willing to do it. And then they'll be at the forefront of whatever that new type of content is um, when it could have been me. So right. I'm trying harder to make sure that doesn't happen in the future. But I, I wish I had done that more often in the past. I think we all do, right? I mean, isn't that the point of when we look backwards and think how we could have done it better? It's about learning and growing uh, from yeah. the things that got you here. All right, I like to wrap up with the lightning round. Uh -oh. um, so these are a series of lightning round questions. Um, <laughs> first thing that pops into your head. Okay. Favorite place on earth? Oh, Tahiti. Oh, nice. Uh, movie you can't turn off? I like Avengers Infinity War. I, mean, I could watch that movie 50 times. Well, okay, so back to Tahiti, and I know I'm off track now, but actual Tahiti or the Tahiti from S.H.I.E.L.D. that's not really Tahiti? I mean, <laughs> is it actual Tahiti? Come on. I was I was fortunate enough to be able to go to, uh, to Tahiti for my honeymoon with, with oh. uh, my wife, Lisa, and um, I, I want to take her back there at some point. I just, she, she fell in love with that place, and I wish we had been able to stay longer. Such a awesome. beautiful chain of islands, golly. Okay, I vote. I vote yes. Make that your vacation <laughs> so the list. Real that, yeah. <laughs> the real Tahiti. The real Tahiti. Yes, right. not the Shield version. Um, favorite TV show to binge watch? Mm, Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Favorite book? I like the Lord of the Rings books. I do. I mean, any of them. Okay, that's good. Uh, favorite podcast? Um, I'm gonna the the typical. Should, I don't know if I should say this because we're on your podcast right now. But no, no, I do no, have... no, not counting this one, not counting this <laughs> <Okay>. one. <laughs> I do have, I, I like Joe Rogan. I mean, okay. that's like the easy one to say, but I just I just like hearing somebody voice an opinion that he just doesn't care what other people think. <laughs> that know, is it's, true. it's refreshing. Not that I agree with everything he says, but you know what? Just hearing somebody have a platform that's big enough to just kind of say whatever you want. Right. Uh, it's nice to hear. I got to tell you though, you know, you say the typical answer, I probably asked this question a hundred times. You're the third person to say that. Oh, really? Wow. No, it is shocking how there is no typical answer. So I, I love that you, huh. yeah, bring it on. Um, right. Favorite car? Oh, I'm a Porsche Carrera GT. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. Um, favorite festival? 
I mean, I went to school and yeah, I kind of got to say Mardi Gras. That was pretty fun. I would agree. I would agree. But any Lafayette festival would have been an appropriate answer. So that's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, the local ones. Yep. <laughs> um, your pettiest pet peeve. Ah, uh, you know, even when people chew with their mouth closed, that sound just drives me nuts. And it drives my wife nuts. That drives me nuts. And I wish I could just turn it off. But I think it's just some psychological thing. I It's a little, a little off up there. And uh I got. I, I can't help but point it out. I can't. I'm like, <clears throat> and I give her that look. She's like, "Are you kidding me? My mouth is closed." I'm like, "I can still hear it." <laughs> like, I'm so bad about that. Okay, Michael and I can never eat with the two of you because he's the same way. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm I mean, like, I, I, if there was some kind of like prescription I could take that would get rid of that, it drives me nuts just as much as I'm sure it drives turn her nuts. Music up louder. Just turn yeah, the music that's, up louder. That's, that's what we do. It's it's because she doesn't want the TV on at dinner, so it's right. got to be music. So that's right. exactly what we do. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, favorite musician? Mm, I, my favorite band is Breaking Benjamin. I'm a big kind of yeah. classic rock, new rock fan. I can dig it. Nice. If you were going to perform karaoke, what song would you sing? Can be from that band or a different one. Hmm. Oh gosh, this one's tough. It'd probably be a journey song. Ooh. Um yeah. power ballads. Hmm. Always a classic. Separate ways. That's what excellent. Good choice. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good one. Favorite sport to watch or play? I have recently been getting into I don't play this sport, uh, because it's pretty much impossible, but uh, I love watching Formula One. That is like, I've, I've been getting into that heavy lately. I, I got a racing simulator. I'm, I'm always doing the same races at the same tracks every week that they are in real life. Nice. And uh, oh my gosh, I, it drives my wife insane that I'm such a binge watcher of Formula. I'll turn it on at like, you know, six in the morning, 10 at night for lunch. She's just like, are you serious? More Formula One? I'm like, baby, I can't, I can't help it. It's just, it, we're meant for each other. You know, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to make her jealous or anything, right. but there's just some sort of connection that we have that I can't, I, I can't ignore it. That's a safe second love. So I think right, it's okay. right. cars. Yeah. Cars yes. in general. That's, yes. that's my biggest hobby. I think is, is probably cars and then music's a very close second. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, favorite meal or food to eat? <sighs> spaghetti. I could probably mm. do spaghetti every day. And mm. my wife's Italian. So that has its perks. Let me tell mm. you. Wasn't, wasn't planned that way. But it did end up working out though. <laughs> hey, I married an Italian and he also cooks. So I oh, think yeah. you and I are both very so wise. So you know exactly what I'm talking I about. I <laughs> do. I do. Um, favorite leisure activity? Ooh, um, I'm guessing it's I, that racing simulator, but you can give a different that answer. Is, that is one. I, I don't want to be as, as nerdy as that though. I, I love, I've played guitar my whole life uh, since I was four or five years old. My dad forced me to play it first, but uh, I quickly grew to love it. And I've been playing guitar ever since. So whenever I'm, feeling anxious or feeling a little, you know, cloudy in the head. Maybe I just can't come up with certain ideas for videos or whatever. Just play some guitar. And uh, in 30 minutes, I'm back to tip top mental shape. I think that's great. Uh, best concert you've ever been to? Ooh, um, best one I've ever been to. I saw th th this might, yeah, only if only some people are going to get this. Uh, so my, my favorite band is Breaking Benjamin. Uh, they're, you know, like heavy rock band, not screamo or anything. I was never really into like the screaming, like right. death metal, whatever they call it. But um, I, I love I love rock music. I went to a concert with Three Days Grace, the original singer, Three Days Grace. Adam Gontier was there. Uh, so I got to hear them kind of like 
when they were whole. Not that I have anything against the new singer, but still OG three days grace for the win. Right. Um, and then uh, breaking Benjamin was there. OG breaking Benjamin, the original band that uh, made the uh, first uh, four really good albums. And then uh, Flyleaf was also there. Female singer, still a rock band, just a beautiful combination. She opened nice. up, and then Breaking Benjamin came out second, and Three Days Grace ended a such a good concert. Went there with uh, one of my best friends from high school, and uh, my dad was there as well. That was that was awesome. Sounds just like when I went to Lilith Fair. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that the atmosphere same was, experience. was very similar. <laughs> same, exactly the same. <laughs> um, favorite way to treat yourself. Oh, I buy, I buy a bunch of stupid stuff. I, it's, it's really bad. Like I, I'm, it, I keep saying that it drives the wife crazy, but like she, she I, I don't want her to, to be painted in, in a negative light. She is such a good person, but there are so you many things. You stuck it out. That, so she must be delightful. I so, wish, you know, she hasn't left. I wish, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not, not, not yet anyway. Well, ho right. hope I can keep her around. But uh, I have... I have done just like crazy impulse purchases where like maybe I'll do something really well one week. Maybe we have a lot of money coming in from, from sponsors or whatever, a, a few videos do really well and there's extra income. Sure. Should totally save that. Right. I mean, that's the best financial advice. You give somebody either save it or safely invest it. Don't go into debt with depreciating assets. So don't buy car parts. Don't buy mm. cars. Mm. Uh, don't buy the more car parts. Um, yeah. Stuff that just has no, I mean, the resale value is very low. So is it's that just a aforementioned Porsche in your driveway? The Porsche we just talked about, favorite car? Is that sitting outside? Uh, oh no! So, <laughs> so my wife has she has a Porsche, uh, little Macan S, um, uh -huh. just a you know a little sporty crossover SUV, whatever. I do have a 911. I, okay. So I, I, I'm a big fan of Porsche in general. I, I have one of those, um, and I also have my it's my guilty pleasure. I do have a Ferrari. It's an old Ferrari. It's not a very new. You know, nothing crazy. I paid well under a hundred thousand dollars for it. But uh, it was, and I'm still in debt by the way, still haven't paid it off yet. I've decided that to keep the money in the account, it's better to be liquid and uh, kind of play with safe debt. Usually with cars, once you tack on interest, you're not paying too much more than the value of the car. Sure. Um, so that was the rationale there, but I do have that as well. And um, yeah, cars, I mean, that's what, that's what I was saying. It's just my guilty, my guilty pleasure. I did fairly well in the stock market um, around March of last year. And uh, I just decided, you know what? I want to buy a cool sports car. My wife's Italian. She'll have to approve of, right. of an old Ferrari, right? I mean, right. come on. Well, that took a ton of convincing. <laughs> I, I don't know if she's, I, I still don't know if she's fully convinced yet. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love I love cars. Um, I wish I had a billion dollars to spend on cars because I would That's buy awesome. as much as I could. I love it. That is awesome. I do too. I have simpler tastes. I have a Tesla, but I do love them. <laughs> oh, there you go. Is it a, is it a model three? That's the X. Oh, X. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Have you had any issues with that car? Any, no, anything? no. I've heard it's been that, two I've years. Heard that they are very, I mean, apart from maybe like some, you know, panel I changed gap the tire. Issues or things. I've done two things. I changed the tire and I added windshield wiper fluid. Wow. That's two years. I mean, the good thing is you don't have any, you know, there's no engine. There's no, yeah. No, there's no transmission. I don't think there's yeah. any of that. So you're you're oh. <laughs> you just That's got it. motors and batteries. That's yeah. So I mean that that tech is definitely gonna. I definitely see you know the electric car becoming the <sighs> the staple. But um, I'm gonna hold on to my my petrol head cars for as long as I can. As you should enjoy. They, that they will be endangered species at some point. <laughs> exactly. Um, Greg. 
Thank you. This has been an awesome hour. I have enjoyed thoroughly our conversation. I appreciate you making the time for us today. And I love hearing about how you built your channel um, and all that you've done since you left UL. This is just awesome. Yeah, I know, Jackie. Thanks for a great platform to, to talk about this kind of stuff with you. And uh, thanks for the great questions. And, and hopefully uh, viewers can you know take something away from this. Um, always innovate, even when you don't feel like you have to. Um, that's probably probably my the one thing if I had to sum it all up. That's the most important thing. Um, innovate all the time. And uh, you'll either be with the pace or ahead of the pace. And that's always a good thing. So oh, That is great wisdom and words to live by. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching and being a part of it. And be sure to come back for our next episode of Razor Branding Podcast.